Hey all, welcome to the Impact and Influence podcast series. I'm Chetna here, your host, a corporate professional turned into an entrepreneur, mother of two amazing kids and a lovely dog. I'm here to help the aspiring entrepreneurs to identify their niche and build a business around it. The intent of this podcast series is to know and learn from the entrepreneurs, their successes, their challenges, their failures, their habits, and above all, how they have transformed as an individual. My dear awesome people, here comes one more story with one more entrepreneur. So let's just dive in. Hey, here we go with the last episode of the season one of Impact and Influence. Enjoy this episode. Welcome Sandhya, welcome to Impact and Influence podcast series. First of all, I would like to say thank you. I know that after that entire day's work, we are sat at 9.30 to record this episode. Appreciate your time and a warm welcome to you Sandhya. Thank you so much uh, Chetna. It's uh, great talking to women like you who want to do things around, you know, women's entrepreneurship and want to encourage other women to you know, kickstart their journey or do better at what they are doing already. So happy to be here and happy to answer a few questions and learn along the way. Okay, Sandhya, can you share uh, your journey before chapter two? All right. So like all girls from uh, middle class families, I I worked very hard. (laughs) And uh, my objective was to uh, study well, get good marks and get admission into a good college and, uh, and, and then get a good job, right? So quite like everybody's journey, I went on to do BSc computer science. Then I did a management program uh, from the University of Madras. I I majored in marketing and advertising. And then I got a job uh, in a company called RPG, the RPG group of companies in the retail division. I joined them as a management trainee and and my working life began there. Uh, I worked for 16 years. I was uh, in the retail industry. I was with FMCG, with Kevin Care. I worked with telecom. And uh, then I moved to Bangalore after that. So all my first three companies were in Chennai. Then I moved to Bangalore. I worked with uh, Network Appliance. I worked with Informatica. And all along the way, right from the beginning, I I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to do something on my own. That bug was there. And they say that once you have the bug, it's always going to be there. But what happens in life is I liked my jobs and I was enjoying the attention I was getting and I was doing well. I was earning well. So therefore, you know, all these things become distractions. They distract you from what you really want to become. When I realized that, you know, I have done enough of this. I need to, if you want to be an entrepreneur, I got to a stage where I told myself, you need to take the leap now. Because by then I already had worked for 16 years. I was touching 35, 36. So I thought, you want to, if you're serious about being an entrepreneur, it is now, right? And at that point, my husband had also worked for 15, 16 years. He was in a stable job, stable career. So it was good for me to, you know, quit and take the leap into entrepreneurship. So because he was there to take care of all the family responsibilities and financial needs. So it gave me a little bit of uh, safety net, as they would call it, to actually quit my full-time corporate job and, and get into entrepreneurship. So that's how my journey began. And uh, I'm loving every day of my life right now. I love my working life and I love it now more right? Being an entrepreneur. 
So Santya, right <laughs> now at this moment, you're telling about how you have been enjoying this entrepreneurial journey. But how was that transition when you took the decision and when you moved from the corporate to a, uh, the decision what you had made to become an entrepreneur, that transition period. So though you had a family support, but what was your internal state of mind and how did you handle that? Uh, that's a great question, Chetana. Thank you for asking. You know, when you're working in a company, that's a different lifestyle, right? You wake up in the morning, you wear smart clothes and you're driving your car to this swanky office and you have colleagues and you have meetings. Uh, you travel to exotic places. So all of that is fantastic. But when you're working on your own and a solopreneur like me works, works from home, so I'm not getting ready to go anywhere. Mostly I'm working all by myself. Uh, so therefore it becomes all the more important for you to be self-motivated and to be more disciplined in order to wake up and get and be charged enough to do the work that you plan to do for the day. And being an entrepreneur, you should know that it takes about two, three years to establish yourself. So there is going to be a period of time when you don't have the, the monthly income. You need to have some amount of savings to help you sail through that time until you get your first client and you start having a, a regular number of ongoing clients so that you're able to earn some money. So the transition is very stark. There's very stark difference in both the lifestyles. And a person who has this entrepreneurial bend of mind is, is typically prepared for it. It's for the long haul. If someone is looking for quick success, getting 100 clients within two months or three months, it's not going to be possible. It takes its own time. Only someone who has the patience for it, you know, needs to actually get into entrepreneurship. So the difference is vast. You know, the other thing with entrepreneurship is you are your own boss and no one is going to be telling you that you have to be doing this today and this tomorrow. So an entrepreneur needs to be uh, extremely accountable, uh, responsible, and should be responsible for their own actions. So an entrepreneur needs to make their own goals, make their own plans, create a routine, and, you know, go about executing it. There's no one going to tell you do this or, or do that, you know, and, and by when. So only someone who has that kind of a mindset needs to get into entrepreneurship. And one must be patient. Yeah. So your transition was smooth enough. In my opinion, it was smooth because... Like I said, for me, entrepreneurship was not like, not sudden, it was planned. So even uh, in my last job, when I was working in this company called Informatica, I was mentally prepared for the last two years that I'm going to quit and become an entrepreneur, though I was not very clear what exactly I was going to do. So the preparation was all towards closing the loans and, you know, uh, saving some money to close certain loans and create some corpus in my bank account to take care of my expenses for the next two, three years. So I was involved in those kind of financial planning. So it was not sudden and I was very prepared for it as such. So when I had quit so that uh, December 31st was the last working day, then we went on a vacation and we came back. And from then on, I was, I was free. And along the way, I had decided that I was going to become a coach and I had enrolled for a coaching certification. So as soon as my full-time uh, corporate career ended, I jumped into uh, completing my coaching program. Like it, it was 18 month program and I was studying for a bit. I got the time off that I wanted. Then I was studying because it was a self-paced course. I could take a couple of classes each day and, you know, I finished my program in about 18 months. And then after that, I was ready for uh, becoming a coach. So how did you come up with this idea? Because you are a marketing person. And how did you come up with this business idea? And how, when did you decide that, okay, coaching is my 
uh, space that I need to get into this. Since I said that right from the beginning of my working career, I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, right? So there were a lot of things I was doing on the side apart from my working, like I was creating business plans. I was thinking of uh, entrepreneurial ideas. During the lockdown, there, there was some times I have talked to one of my friends. So she told me that 20 years back, I actually had an Excel file with multiple business plans. Uh, one business plan to start a food takeout. And I had a spa chain of uh, beauty parlors. So I had actually business plans for this of having 10 in a city kind of thing. And she told me, no, you had all these things already there. But however, I'd forgotten all those things as I got so busy and engrossed in my day-to-day -day work when I was working. But ultimately, when the time came for me to really quit, I zeroed in on a few things. Again, one of them was a restaurant. And then I also wanted to become a coach because the companies where I was working engaged coaches for the senior leadership. So I was aware of coaching and I had attended some leadership development workshops. And I thought, this is what I want to do. So that way I can be an entrepreneur. Plus, I will be involved with corporations. So I started looking for, uh, looking for information on coaching and coaching certifications. I zeroed in on an institution from where I wanted to study. I also spoke, I had some friends who were coaches in my circle. So I spoke to one of them and got more information. I got to know what he was doing and uh, he guided me a bit. And, and then uh, by then I had made up my mind that I wanted to be a coach. So also you will know that as an individual, I was very interested in personal development and uh, helping people do better. So I, the kind of books I read or the movies that I, I see somehow led me to becoming a coach, you know. So I had made up my mind by then. However, I knew at that point that coaching is not something that everyone is looking for. Like everyone looks for a doctor, but everyone is not looking for a coach. So therefore, I, I knew that I was being the way ahead of my time when it comes to coaching. But I know that there is enough work I, I could be doing. And so I got into it with a lot of enthusiasm. Okay, so now you were clear that, okay, coaching is your uh, space. And uh, did you know that you were supposed to do any sort of validation for your idea? It was you, Did you ever did the market research that, uh, was there any sort of uh, preparation for that? Yes. I did a little bit of uh, research, Chetana. Say, for example, like I said, the company where I was working, they had coaches for the senior leaders. I, I had participated in leadership development programs, which are organized by the company. So I know that if I become a coach, I'd be doing this kind of work. I could be doing one-on-one -on -one coaching or I could be doing leadership development workshops. And that space was very interesting for me. And I also know that all companies don't engage coaches. There are a select few companies, top companies engage coaches. But as an individual, I knew that there were many times in my career when I felt that I need to talk to somebody. I wish I had a coach. I know that even among people, there are individuals, among friends, there are individuals who could benefit from a coach. So I knew that I could get clients directly or I could engage with the company and offer my coaching services to them. And uh, in LinkedIn, I realized that I Googled for coaches and there were a lot of coaches. And like I said, I had some coaches in my circle uh, who had done coaching certifications and were coaching. So I know that there are coaches and there is work available. However, you know, uh, if I had opened a restaurant, maybe the kind of research I would have done is very different. I knew that there is work for coaches. Also, the fact is, it is not so much about whether I will become rich by becoming a coach. The thing is also about what I want to do and what I enjoy. You know, I may become rich 10 years down the line. But because of that, I don't want to choose something else. I was passionate about coaching and I 
chose to become a coach and i'm in it for the long run the journey is long and fortunately for coaches the older you are the better it is and there is no retirement age as such okay now that you were clear you did validation and uh, how was that initial one year of your business so what sort of challenges which you faced or what sort of skills that you felt that you lacked or you were like completely ready how was that one year initial one year or two years of your journey so i should uh, tell you that the first one year was spent in creating awareness about the company right you know i actually had a big list of all my colleagues and all my friends and spoke to all of them and wrote to all of them and i had my facebook profile and linkedin profile created and i was posting content which i think will be useful for people and content that will position me as a coach in the eyes of the audience because i believe that everyone who is who is working in a company and is looking for a coach are probably on linkedin so i was more active on linkedin and i'm okay telling you that for the first one year i went without a client which was okay with me because i knew that it would take time but i kept doing what i'm supposed to do which is to you know put out good content and talk to companies and talk to people saying that you know i i can offer my coaching services it also gave me enough time to create content for my workshops that i was talking about i created leadership development workshops i worked with an agency to create brochures for it and good uh, promotional material which i can share with companies then i created a plan to actually approach companies to talk about my coaching services be it one on one interventions or even workshops So all of this took about a year's time. I created a newsletter. I created varieties of things which will help me reach a larger audience. So all of this took nearly one one and a half years. And then I slowly started seeing people sending me inquiry emails, and got I got talking to them, and some of them signed up. And from then I've been having a regular stream of clients. You know, and I should tell you that majority of the signups happen in November and December and January. <laughs> because you know most people are taking uh, a stock of where they are in lives and they are doing these things about resolutions and what they want to be doing next year and suddenly people probably feel that you know i need a coach maybe i should sign up with a coach majority of the enquiries happen between november and february time frame you know and and there are enquiries throughout the year as well but most of them happen around this time so when was that first sale which you got it i think uh, i think about one year after i started my website right the first client came in and uh, along the way i also created a workshop and started promoting on through my uh, friends and relatives and for the, my first workshop which i did in 2016 there were four registrations when i wanted a minimum of six people i had four but i was still happy because you know i i can make a difference to four people so why say no to them waiting for the fifth and the sixth one so I went ahead and did the workshop and from then i have been having regular signups i do a workshop every 4 months which is an open workshop where anybody can come and participate right it is to achieve personal breakthroughs it's called unfollow so since then i have been having people participating in workshops and now in the time of pandemic it's become a virtual workshop and i'm happy that i'm doing something right that whenever i promote a workshop there are at least four five people who show up and they benefit out of it so before i go to my next question sandhya so can you just share more about what this chapter 2 does and uh, i think as you were just sharing you conduct a lot of workshops so what all comes under uh, the umbrella of chapter 2 i'm a coach and uh, everyone says that it is important to develop a niche and i decided that i'm going to be a leadership coach which means that i'm going to be working with say middle level managers and senior level managers in a company who are already in leadership positions to help them maximize the leadership potential right 
So therefore, Chapter 2 is a company that works with middle-level managers and senior managers who have 10-plus years of experience, engage better with their teams, peers, and senior stakeholders. So we help our teams develop a growth mindset and a performance mindset and align better with the organizational culture and values and function more cohesively. And along the way, I realized that women's leadership development is also very important and women have a very different set of problems compared to men. And now I have also created a practice around women's leadership development. So my offerings to companies are one-on-one coaching interventions, a set of curated workshops, and a bunch of webinars through which they can help their uh, employees develop the leadership potential. So that's what I do. So apart from this, people can sign up on their own as well and sponsor themselves, sponsor their coaching themselves. So when, when the engagement is through a company, uh, the coaching is sponsored by the company. But when people sign up directly, I have a lot of people who sign up directly as well and sponsor themselves. That's great, Sandhya. So listeners, if you if fall under any category which Sandhya gives us services, whether it is leadership coaching or women leadership, I'm share, I would be sharing all her links in the description. Please do visit. And if you resonate with her services, please do connect with her. So with that, let me go to the next question, Sandhya. Like what, according to you, are the three important skills for an entrepreneur? So, you know, uh, like you're saying entrepreneurship, right? Uh, anybody can be an entrepreneur. Say, for example, I am a coach, you know, I'm a solopreneur and I work from home and I'm an entrepreneur and you're an entrepreneur. And any, any, any woman who's making something out of her home, she could be baking cakes, right? She could be making toys. So whatever it may be, in my opinion, uh, doing things is the easiest thing. The more difficult thing is promoting it and letting people know about it and selling. So in my opinion, uh, an entrepreneur should have three skills. Whatever the domain expertise is, they have to be the absolute best of that. And that's a work in progress, right? You get better at it with time. The more experience you have, the more things you do, you, you get better, right? You need not start from the space of being perfect, but you can achieve perfection slowly with experience. The second most important skill is being able to sell your product or sell your service, whatever that is. So all of us are selling an idea, right? I am selling the idea of coaching and I'm bringing a shift in perspective. You are talking about enabling women entrepreneurs, correct? Somebody else could be selling financial services. Someone else could be making some products at home and, and wants to sell. So therefore, I think the second more important skill, apart from your own domain expertise, is being able to go out and talk to people about what you have and what value you offer. So that can be called sales or marketing. That's the second skill, right? The third skill is discipline. I think there are a lot of talented people who lack discipline and work ethics, right? So what's going to take you far is your work ethic and discipline. Be able to get up in the morning and have a goal and uh, work towards achieving the goal. If, if we don't do it, then we're not going to get anywhere. So in my opinion, I think discipline is number one. Two is your own domain expertise. And third is putting the message out there, whether you want to call it sales or marketing or networking, you can call it anything. So all of this will result in more sales. So I can be the best coach, but if I don't have clients, it doesn't make any sense. right? So I need to be able to go talk to people to ensure that the word spreads around and you know, I, I start having signups. Those three are very important and I just completely echo you, Sandhya. So coming to your ideal customers, like initially when you started, whether were you clear that you will be going for B2B and later on you thought, okay, we will be also handling B2C customers. Like how did you uh, choose your ideal customers? 
I started with B2C, you know, when I started chapter two coaching and I created my website, it was for one-on-one coaching interventions only. And, uh, you know, I had created a website that was, that would rank, that would show up on Google results when someone searched for a leadership coach or executive coach. So the idea was that people would sign up with me directly and people who would sponsor, people who would sponsor themselves. I was not going to the corporations. Then along the way, I realized that, you know, I need to go to corporations as well because uh, they are the ones who are engaging with coaches for a large number of, of employees. So therefore, I changed the content on my website to say that, you know, I do one-on-one coaching interventions for companies. I do group coaching and I also do workshops for leadership development. I was in the one-on-one coaching space for almost two years and then started creating content and started positioning myself as a coach within companies also. And then I realized that most companies expect the leadership coach to also have expertise in psychometric leadership assessment tools. Then I realized I need to get a certification in that area as well. And I enrolled for Hogan assessments and I got a Hogan assessment certificate as well. I'm a Hogan assessor and a Hogan coach. So therefore, you know, I I can offer Hogan to someone who signs up for themselves or to a company. So along the way, I realized that, you know, this certification will help me and you go ahead and get that certification. So I began with B2C, then it's offered my services to, to companies as well. Got it. So according to you, what are the advantages and disadvantages of being a solopreneur? So the advantages are you can work at your own pace and uh, you can decide uh, what is important for you and what you will focus on. right? And it gives you some flexibility and you will have some work-life balance also. If you have family responsibilities, you have a young kid, you will be able to spend time with the kid and you will be able to spend time at the work as well. You can decide when you can do what and you can take off from work and go uh, go on a vacation whenever you want. That's the biggest advantage that I see being a solopreneur, right? But the disadvantage is is that uh, you're alone by yourself, correct? In my opinion, there are some people who are designed to work well when they are alone and so, and I have, I have been a solopreneur for the last six, seven years. I wake up in the morning, I have my tea and I get to work. It helps if you're very disciplined. Unless you're a disciplined person who are extremely responsible, I think being a solopreneur or entrepreneur doesn't work well. Correct? So that's the disadvantage of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Sandhya, my next uh, question was like, see, when uh, we come up with an idea, so some people recommend that go narrow, narrow down your niche to a particular audience and some tell, okay, be broad and then uh, go in depth. So what is your opinion right. on that? Well, now with, when it comes to coaching, right, it, it's, it starts very narrow, right? So people may tell you that I'm looking for an executive coach or a leadership coach, right? Ultimately, when you start discussing, they bring in everything in their life to discuss with you, you know? Uh, if you ask, okay, what do you want your coach to help you with? There is one sentence which will say, I want to get fit, right? Well, I'm not a fitness coach, but there is a line in everybody's objective that they want to get. And they'd say that, you know, I want to have growth in my career. I want to find out what I need to do to get to the next step. And they'd say things like, I'm. they are looking for some behavioral changes as well. Okay. So that's where a leadership coach or executive coach comes in. So in my opinion, all coaches are trying to bring a shift in perspective. So I could be helping anybody. However, not not everybody is willing to pay the fee of a coach, correct? So then I have learned from experience along the way 
that my client is someone who is willing to pay the coaching bill so now that becomes a person who is 35 plus who is working in a company and who is in a good job because only they can afford the kind of coaching services that i offer right so therefore my niche has got defined that way so then i offer leadership coaching or executive coaching for a working professional who is 35 plus because my coaching will only they can afford correct so however so when you actually see what is what are people discussing with me they discussing generally their life correct so and if but if a corporation is uh, signing up with me then they discuss very specific things which are which are related to their work right so if someone signs up with me one on one on their own then uh, they are bringing everything under the sun so in my opinion my niche is someone who is willing to pay that's my client there are a lot of people who who are looking for a coach but that's not my client so that becomes the defining criteria okay okay yeah, i got it uh, so the way you have uh, narrowed on your uh, customers so uh, sandhya like uh, i know that you have got rich experience in marketing and uh, what is the current scenario happening around marketing and what was when you were working as a marketer what is the difference and can you just share about your uh, thoughts on that so when i was a marketing professional i used to be more in brand management and uh, you know i have been in b2c space as well as b2b the kind of marketing we were doing was very different because we had to reach a large number of customers right and at that point of time social media was not so huge correct but now if you see the last 10 years things have taken a huge turn and everything has gone digital right so so therefore the kind of marketing we do is is very different and also if you if you talk specifically with respect to solopreneurs or women entrepreneurs the kind of products that they are making many people believe that marketing is only doing facebook ads or instagram posts or you know things like that however in my opinion everyone should arrive at the right mix of marketing it could be a combination of social media facebook linkedin if you are if you are wanting to target the working you know working professional then you could be active on linkedin and you you could do Uh, if it's a lifestyle product maybe instagram and facebook will work so depending on what your product is and what your what is the service you're offering you can choose a, a mix of social media platforms and marketing vehicles to reach the customer but if you're a solopreneur you might not have the expertise to do everything on your own or you might not have the time also so therefore it may be a good idea to you know have a freelance person working with you or or engage with an agency who can help you with marketing and uh, promotions most solopreneurs have a shoestring budget right it's not that we have huge budgets like a, like a big corporation in if you have a small budget uh, it may be a great idea to to pick and choose social media platforms that will work best for you and do a good job with that rather than do like carpet bombing something all over the place and nothing giving results so in my own experience what i have realized is as a coach since i'm looking for working professionals who are 35 plus who are working in companies i know that linkedin is the best place for me to promote myself and you know write about coaching or leadership development so linkedin works better for me compared to facebook and instagram however 5 years back i was very active on this so from time to time you need to evaluate what is best for you and keep doing it and and be active and trust me every client whom i have coached found me on linkedin who were following me on linkedin for 2 years and 3 years and so they will i like your posts and they will share your posts and comment on your post posts you observe them quietly and suddenly one day you see a message saying that i'd like to talk to you and understand more about coaching and what services you offer so that's that's been my 
uh, experience. So you will understand what works best for you. And when you know that, say, LinkedIn works best, do a good job with LinkedIn. And when you think, say, Instagram works best, do a good job with Instagram. That would be my idea. Okay, well said, uh, Sandhya. I think based on whatever is your products or services, pick and choose which platform or media works for you and then go ahead with that. One final message to the aspiring entrepreneurs, what you would love to share? My uh, advice to all aspiring entrepreneurs is that uh, if you have, or even those who are still working and want to become entrepreneurs in the future, if you have the itch in you to be an entrepreneur, it is, it's worth to, you know, try it for a few years. It's not necessary that once you quit your job, you have to be an entrepreneur for life. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't work for you, you can always get back to your full-time job, correct? Because the day when we die, I think you must not have any regrets. If you wanted to be an entrepreneur, please try being an entrepreneur. There's nothing wrong in it. If you succeed, great. If you think you're not too happy with the experience and you want to get back to work, you can always get back to work. This is what I feel. But never have regrets in life. And I think everybody should try being an entrepreneur for some time or the other. And who knows, you could be a great success story. Your company could be a unicorn. Always uh, put your best foot forward and uh, do your best. And for those who are all already entrepreneurs or who are solopreneurs, there are two things, right? There is talent and there is intent. Uh, even the most talented people sometimes don't get anywhere if they're not disciplined and they don't have the intention of making a successful company. So whoever is an entrepreneur must have a goal, must have a plan and must develop a daily routine because if it's a success, everybody will be happy, right? But if you're, if you're not successful, you are to blame yourself. Maybe you didn't do the right things. So even when you want to give up, you should be happy that you did your best. And you can't say that unless you are disciplined and do that on a daily basis. My advice is will be that you should have a goal and you must have a plan, a daily routine, stick to it and crush your uh, entrepreneurial goals. You know, it's, it's, they say that it's very difficult to get the first uh, 20 customers or 30 customers. It, you may take three years to get 30 customers, which is 10 per year. But after that, the next 40 customers will happen in the next six months because your first 30 customers will be extremely good referrals for you. So don't think that it's going too slow. Maybe I need to get back to my work. Keep at it and keep the effort. Growth becomes faster than as you learn along the way. And with more experience, you get better at it. So, so don't give up. And I think everyone should be an entrepreneur. That's a lovely message, Sandhya. Uh, once again, thanks a lot, Sandhya, for uh, sharing your journey and uh, sharing your insights about entrepreneurship and about marketing and about the reason why people don't take that step of getting into plunging into entrepreneurship. So it was wonderful chatting with you and all my best wishes for all your future businesses, which you're going to start off. Thank you, Chetana. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity because it has helped me relive a lot of things that I have done, you know? So, and at the end of it, I feel proud that, Hey, I have, I have, you know, lived this life and I walked this path that, you know, I'm able to talk to somebody about it. It inspires me and it, I'm sh- and I hope it will inspire others as well. Definitely it has inspired uh, Sandhya. I am, so my best wishes once again. Thank you, Chetana. Happy to have had this conversation with you. And, you know, it, it helps me every time I have a talk like this, it helps me believe in my journey. Right. So sometimes a coach also needs some, some pep talk, right? It, it, you know, I trust my journey now. Happy that I've taken this route. Thank you.